Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Got your Bible with you today. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. And, you know, um, I, I want to I share a message with you today entitled, <laughs> It Ain't Nothing Strange. It ain't nothing strange. Listen, let me just, let me, can I just cut right to it this morning? Can we, can we, can we dive deep right here, right out of the gate? And let me, let me just, let me just say this to you. Don't think for a single minute that you will not face fiery trials in this life. Just don't, just go ahead, dismiss the thought. Just, just let it be excused from your mind right now. As a matter of fact, in, in 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter writes to us and says, Dear friends, and I chose the NLT for just the clarity here and the, just, just the conciseness of what's being said. He said, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange is happening to you. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange is happening to you. And this is not the only text from the New Testament that we're going to read today that will suggest that there's a kingdom value in you and I facing hard times, difficulties, fiery trials in this life. There's a, there's a kingdom value that's being added to your life and mine as we face trials in this life. You know, you and I can be so conditioned, however, to the suggestions of this world, number one, and to errant theology, number two, that suggests that we don't have heaven's approval in our lives unless we are living in the lap of health, wealth, and happiness. That, that if we're not experiencing those things, then somehow or another we must have gotten out of line with God. Can I just tell you today that sometimes the product, the, the thing that produces your trial is the fact that you are dead center in God's will for your life. You are exactly where he has permitted you to move. You are exactly where he has positioned you for this season and for this time. I love, I believe the Lord is doing something in this church. And I believe that what God is doing in this season is that he is stirring something deep in his people. And that he is positioning us to go deeper in the things of the spirit. I really do, I really do, because the Lord has just been pressing these thoughts, and this is almost congruent with where we've been the last couple of weeks as we've been talking about waiting on the Lord. And sometimes the, the place, the position from which we are waiting is a position of trial, a position of hardship, a position of being tried. But we've learned in life that, you know, the good life is equal to prosperity. The good life is equal to trouble-free living. The good life is equal to wellness. But Peter said, listen, don't be surprised, or some versions say, think it not strange, when these trials come in our lives. So 
This is a scenario in the Bible. I ask you to turn to Daniel chapter 3. Many of you already know the story, the narrative that is contained therein, and you have anticipation about what's coming next. But uh, there's a scenario in the Bible faced by three young men uh, that many of us would probably think strange. If we, if we really contemplate and think about all the conditions here, we would just scratch our heads and say, you know, these, these people aren't deserving of this. this. This shouldn't be happening to these people. I promise you that if we put ourselves in the place of these three individuals here today, our estimation of life would be that we should never have faced the fiery trial. Why? Because on our merit, on our goodness, on our strength of character, our resolve to follow the Lord regardless, then we shouldn't have to be subject to these type things. But we begin here in Daniel chapter 3 and we pick up this narrative here in verse 1 and it says Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 60 cubits and he set it up in the plain in the province of Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar sent word together together the satraps the administrators the governors the counselors the treasurer the judges the magistrates and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up so the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, and the lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, all the people... The nations and the languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Everybody, everybody fell down and they worshipped. Now, now, conventional wisdom says that if someone makes their stand against this sort of idolatry, that God's going to reward them and that he's going to be on their side and they are going to come out of this situation not only unscathed, but they're going to come out of this situation without any harassment, without any trouble, and, and God's just going to champion their cause, right? They're going to be the hero. Indeed, they, they may even be rewarded greatly here on earth for their courage, their bravery, and their spiritual fortitude. Somebody get the medals ready to let's pin it on these guys because of the stand we're about to see them make. And what's often alarming to many in this world as we walk the walk of faith is the exact cause of the fiery trials in which we find ourselves. It's almost kind of alarming here, the, the cause of the fiery trial in which we find these three gentlemen. 
But we pick it back up in verse 8 and it says, Therefore, at that certain time, Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews and they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery and symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And now, O king, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your God or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Now listen, listen carefully there to the indictment against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As a matter of fact, what should happen here is as we read the indictment against them, as the rest of the world gasps, you and I should applaud. You and I should applaud because here's the thing. The, the, the indictment against these three guys is this. They do not serve your gods. As a matter of fact, I believe there's a law given to their people that says thou shalt have no other gods before me. You don't, you don't bow your knee to anybody else. You don't pay homage to anybody else. You worship the Lord and the Lord only shall you serve. I think there ought to be something in the heart of every one of us that just stands up and applauds and says glory be to God for the witness of the forthright who will stand before the wickedness of this generation and say I will not bow my knee. I will not kiss the bell. I will serve God and him only will I serve serve and I don't want to depress you today but rather I want to encourage you and hopefully I can show you before we finish that today there is great purpose in the fiery trials that we might face because when trials do come and they will come It's not necessarily because you've done anything wrong. Again, trials may come as a direct indicator that you're exactly where you need to be. These, these young men stood against Nebuchadnezzar and the idolatry that was imposed upon them as a result. And the result of it is this. We pick it back up in verse 13. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? that you do not serve my gods or worship the image which I have set up. Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and you worship the image which I have made, good, good, good. You, do you understand that's the suggestion of the world for you and I today? That if we will bow and we will adhere to the systems of the world, that if we will bow and we will make ourselves subject to the kingdoms of the earth, then good for you. Then good for you, but if you won't, we're going to label you. We're going to cancel you. We're going to call you a bigot. We're going to shut you down and try to push you back in a corner. Because you're out of touch. You're, you're some kind of zealot 
and, and you don't know what's going on in the world. You need to get up to speed. You need to, you need to find out. You need to get an idea. But if you do not worship, you will be cast immediately into the midst of the fiery furnace. And who is the God that will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Hew, me too. <laughs> oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, if you want to punish us because we won't bow, if you want to cancel us because we won't agree, if you want to label us because we won't support you in your little fantasies, that's all right. We don't really have any argument against that. You do what you need to do. You do what you need to do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. This is where we draw the line in the sand. This is where we make our stand. <laughs> if that is the case, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. I Church, I'm going to tell you something. When we started singing that, that refrain on that song, and I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, there was something that began to well up on the inside of me that says if hell or high water comes, it's going to be all right because I'm going to seek the Lord, and he's going to hear me, and he will answer me, and he will deliver me from the pestilence of the day or the, or the snare of the fowler or whatever comes my way. He's going to be on my side fighting for me. It ain't nothing strange. It ain't nothing strange. You got to understand that before the world hated you, it hated him. It ain't nothing strange. Don't act like it's something out of the ordinary because you follow Jesus and you live for him and you're not winning popularity contests in this world. It's all right. It's all right if you hit a little turbulence. That just means you're flying against the current. It's all right. Ain't nothing strange. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the image of gold which you have set up. Now I've got to tell you something. This, this right here and, and here's what catches a lot of people off guard. Is that not only have we done the right thing right in the moment, but this, this, is, this is strength of resolve. Like you, you, got, you get this, right? This guy's not joking. And at the point, you've got to understand, this isn't the flannel graph guy that you've seen in Sunday school as a kid. This is the ruler of the Babylonian Empire at that season in time, the most powerful man on the planet. 
He had the authority. He had the power to execute the justice on them that he had said he was going to. Yet they stood in that space. This is, this is spiritual maturity. Are you with me? Young men, again, time is not really relative to spiritual maturity. You can hang around the church 60, 70 years and still be as spiritually immature as you were the day you came to Jesus if you're not growing in the things of the Lord, if you're not, if you're not being nurtured in the Spirit. But here's young men, and they have great spiritual maturity, but spiritual maturity is not an exclusion from the trials of life. You may be a principled person, but that's not an exclusion from the trials of life. You may be a disciplined person, but that doesn't exclude you from the trials of life. There will always be seasons when the Lord will permit things into our lives that will test us and try the fabric of what we are knit of spiritually. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. <laughs> and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And this is the point at which I want to challenge your thinking today. Because often, when we're in the fire, we call out to God as though somehow or another He has fallen short in His ability to guard our lives. From the fire, we call and say, Oh God, how did I get here? And oh God, when am I getting out? And, and we, we own some sense of God's failing from finding ourselves in the fire. But I want to tell you something today. Fire is purposeful for your life and mine. There, there's, a, there's a tempering that takes place in the fire. There's, a, there's an extrusion that takes place in the fire where, where, the, where the impurities and the infirmities of our lives begin to surface and they can be skimmed away and they can be pulled off. And I hope to show you that here because I want to show you what's happening in the fire. Therefore, because of the king's command was urgent and the furnace, furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let me, let me just say to you, sometimes the fire can not only be the intent of the enemy to be your destination or your demise, but it can also be used by the Lord as your escape route because God will lead you through places that the enemy can't follow you into. There are places in the providence and protection of God that you can trod that your enemies can't follow. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. And again, I say to you, rejoice. 
Because here we are, and if we were left to our own devices, we're whining and crying. But if we just look back over our shoulders, we'd see that where God took us, even though it may be less than favorable, was to a place that our enemies had to release and fall behind us. Because they weren't walking in the blessing and the favor and the cover of Almighty God. And they weren't able to take the heat. Praise God that you, through the Holy Spirit, are able to take the heat. (laughs) And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down in the midst, (laughs) fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not? Come, smart people, gather around me. Let us reason together. Did we not cast three men into the fiery furnace? How is it now that we see four men in the fiery furnace and they're loosed and they're walking around? And the fourth is like the Son of God. You know, sometimes we, we get to pass through the fire because honestly, even, even in, in we can be as principled as we want to be, we can be as spiritually mature as we possibly can, but, but you know, even in that, sometimes we get to rest in on, on the goodness of who God has made us to be as if it's the product of our own doing. And, and even though we still stand in principle and even though we still stand disciplined in, in, in our Christian things that we do and our dedication to the Lord, even in that sometimes there can be some degrees of separation from us and the presence of God, from us and the Spirit of God. And sometimes God needs to bring us to positions and places in our lives where our focus is intently on Him because when, 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 the, when the Hebrew children were pressed for an answer, they didn't say, well, you know I guess we'll figure some way out of this you know I guess we'll run down to the bank and we'll borrow enough money to get us out of this hole or we'll we'll go to some counselor and we'll get some direction or some wisdom here no 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 they didn't say any of that they said no no listen if if you throw us in there that's okay we may not make it out but I can tell you this that our God is able to bring us out and our focus right now as we face this fiery furnace is to is to be solely on him We're going to get reacquainted here because we're facing the fire. I'm not suggesting this of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm just telling you where we sometimes find ourselves. Sometimes we have to find ourselves at the mouth of the fiery furnace before our attention can be turned back to God as it should have been in the start. And, and here they are, they're there, and their attention. And I'm going to tell you something today, church. If you're facing a fiery trial, it ain't nothing strange. It might just be God trying to arrange a meeting with you. Because it was in the fiery furnace that they met with the fourth man. It was in the fiery furnace that even the pagan and the heathen were able to look on and say, Hey, looks like those guys are fellowshipping with Jesus. Can I tell you something? When you've been with Jesus, the world can recognize it. 
Do you know that we claim all kinds of titles for ourselves, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, we're Christian, we're Protestant, we're Pentecostal, we're all these kind of things, but do you know the first people that ever identified Christians as Christians were not people from the church, but they were people outside the church who identified a group of people who had been with Jesus, who resembled Jesus in the way they talked, the way they loved, the way they acted one to another, and they said those people are Christ-like. There's an, old, there's an old leadership adage that if you go in a room, you have to tell everybody you're the leader. You're probably not. And in life, when you run around, if you've got to tell everybody you're a Christian, <clears throat> just move back over here. Sometimes the fire is a place where God can show up in your life and prove himself to you. Sometimes the fire is a place where he can show up in your life and prove his promises over you. It's a place where he can have your full attention. And I want to tell you something about the fire. It ain't nothing strange. He's just leading you to places where the ropes can get burned off sometimes. And, and, and listen, if you're hearing this message today and you're broken and you're hurting under the weight of addiction and you're oppressed, understand that in a moment of surrender, Jesus can take those things from your life. I don't care how long you've struggled. I don't care how many times you've tried to get free before and failed. Bondages can be broken in the name of Jesus. Just, that's it. You don't need Jesus in a supplemental program. You don't need Jesus in 12 steps. You only need one. And that one is to step out and surrender. Say, Lord, I just committed all to you. But I want to just, again, challenge thought because oftentimes in in life, when we think about, in Christian life, when we think about bondages, especially those of us who are seasoned in the church, we think about those sort of things. We think about those that are struggling with addictions. We think about those that are, you know, kind of bound and they've not found the liberty in Christ that we've experienced and that we know. But, you know, sometimes bondages just kind of can, can reoccur. Sometimes we can drag them along a little bit for the journey. And I told you a couple of weeks ago that I do believe that in, in an instant there can be transformation. But I don't believe in instant maturation. And sometimes part of the maturation process is that God leads us through these fires where the bonds can be burned off. And these bondages are often thought of as something that we left behind in our old lives you know addictions destruction habit destructive habits and all those things but sometimes that's not it at all maybe sometimes the bondage in our lives is our spiritual immaturity and James says this consider it pure joy I don't know what kind of masochist this guy is but anyway Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be 
mature, complete. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And, and I, you know, what's not said in that is that I grew in the Spirit. I began to move forward in the Spirit. I was freed from some things in my life. And sometimes the fiery trial comes to burn. You will grow up in the fire. You will grow up or you will die in the fire. But you will not come out the same way. Sometimes when you're in the fire, it's not because you're not where you're supposed to be. It's because you're right on the path to where you're going. And the only way for you to get from where you are to where God is taking you is for, you to, for God to permit a little fire in our lives that burn off the ties that bind. Here, here's some common ties. Here's some common bonds in the body of Christ, I believe. There's just a few. It's not all inclusive, but it's, it's some that I, I know that hinder people and hold people back. Maybe in the fire the bond of our negative thought patterns can be burned off. That woe is me mentality, I mean just Eeyore donkey, the spirit of Eeyore the donkey is all over us. Sometimes going through the fire, that, that negative thought pattern can begin to be burned off of us. How about pessimistic viewpoints? Listen, can I tell you something? I, I believe a pessimistic believer should be an oxymoron. I mean, the Word says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. I, the Word says that He is working all things together for my good. The Word says, what then shall we say to all these things? If God is for me, who can be against So how can I have a pessimistic view if I'm embracing faith? Maybe, maybe what's changing in the fire is our value system. Maybe the point of the fire is to reveal to us things in our lives that, that have become highly coveted that are actually nothing more than wood, hay, and stubble, and they need to be burned off. There's no real sustenance to many of the things that we think we've got to have in order to have a good life. Maybe God's trying to burn off the idea that the opinions of other people mean more to us than the true, His truth about us. Maybe God's trying to burn out of us the idea that everything in life has to be just so or we can't have a full and abundant life. Do you ever spend time doing that? You know, well, I could be happy, but... Or I could be satisfied if... Let me tell you something, if you get in Jesus, if you abide in his spirit, you can be satisfied, period. You can be full, period. You can have abundance, period. Not, not with all these contingencies of what need or what might or what should be. And I want to submit to you that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got into the fiery furnace and they discovered the presence of the Lord therein. And I'm telling you, even in the fire, these guys were living their best life right then. Free. Let me tell you about that fiery trial. It ain't nothing strange. It's just God leading us to places where we can be promoted. 
Verse 26, then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and he spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of them. <laughs> what? Well, this is a change of tune here, isn't it? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the midst of the fire and the satraps, administrators, the governors, and all the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men whose bodies, on whose bodies the fire had no power. Like, you're, you're to get up and shout right now. Just, just, just praise the Lord. No, go ahead. Yes, it just, it, just get up and praise God right now for, for that very, that very principle right there. These guys came out upon whose body the fire had no power. And the smell of fire was not on them. I can't go in Subway without coming out smelling like a loaf of bread. These guys were in a fiery furnace. They came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. I can't light my grill without risk to my eyebrows. But these guys came out and not even a hair was singed on their bodies. The fire had no power on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted him and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Them and their house shall be made an ash heap because there is no God who can deliver like this. Listen, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Because, because if, if this is the testimony of a pagan king, that there is no God who can deliver like this God, I want to tell you something. You ought to be in the middle of your fiery trial with your hands raised up, getting your praise on, saying there is no God like Jehovah. He is able to save and to heal and deliver. I will not be afraid and I will not cower in fear in this moment because I know that he's able. Amen. Then the king promoted. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now let me, let me just tell you something about the distinguishing features here. Can I tell you something? That, that if you are in the fire right now, You're in the fire, not necessarily of God's planning, but certainly by his permission. And he wants to do something in your life. He wants to burn all things that are holding you back. He, 
He wants to demonstrate his power in your life. He wants to reveal his presence in your life. And it's necessary that we pass through. But can I tell you something? That, that whole deal about what they smelled like when they came out, you know that's a choice, right? You know that's your choice. Like in the fire, you can mope and you can cry and you can moan and you can come out and you can stink. You can smell just like what you've been through. Or in the fire, you can get your praise on and you can come out on the other side bearing the aroma of God's favor and blessing over your life. You can come out with a spirit of praise and not of heaviness. You can come out and smell good. Say, what, what is that? I smell the blessing of God. I smell the favor of God. I smell the promotion of heaven. I smell it in this place right now. There's an aroma filling this room right now of overcomers who are going to, in the midst of trial right now, get your praise on and worship God in the middle of your trial and have your resolution stiffened on the inside of you that says, I'm not going to bow, but I'm going to praise God through this trial. He's going to deliver me. He's going to hear me. He's going to answer me. And he's going to exalt me in the end. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.